0: Hey guys, my name's Amy and you're listening to Have a Baby They Said, where my husband Josh and I talk all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum and onwards. Come along this journey with us and we hope you enjoy listening. Hey guys, uh, it's episode 7 and this week I will be talking about my um, postpartum, I guess the, not my, um, the postpartum depression and anxiety that I Um, struggle with a fair bit after having Ruby. Actually, it was a very dark time in my life and yeah, I've wanted to give this episode um, a go for a while now, but I thought I would wait until I was definitely, you know, healed from that and when I could sit down and type it out without being a big mess. (laughs) And I mean, typing it out, was still sad, um, and it's hard to, I guess, remember how I felt in those times, but I'm definitely way better at talking about it now than I was even a few months ago. So this episode will just be me today. Um, Josh definitely would have his side of like this time period and how he saw it and how he Um, viewed how I was going after having Ruby but I thought it was really important just to have an episode where I could just sit down go through you know some things how I realized something was off with me when things that I did to help or didn't do to help in my case um and then at the end just some recommendations for some other mums that might be going through this um Obviously, just wanted to put out this very early that I'm definitely not a health professional. um, So I can't give any advice on, you know, the actual issues that I was having. But I do think once you go through something like this, you can try and just be a voice for people that might be going through it. Just to get it out there, because I definitely didn't hear much about it um, before having it. And I know that it's very, sadly, it's really common. So yeah, just wanted to put that disclaimer out and let's get into it. So I'll start off with, um, I guess, when did I realize that something was off with myself after having Ruby and basically straight after I had her, Um, so our first episode is the birth story. And then I think the second one is how I did afterwards for like the first couple days or something. Um, and if you've listened to that, I spoke about how I felt like I had a bit of a traumatic birth and, um, I came out of it a bit thrown, I guess. Things didn't go how I planned. Not that you can plan it. (laughs) Um, but how I expected them to go and the care just wasn't there afterwards, sadly. And I just think that's so important, but yeah, basically straight after I had Ruby, I was a mess. Um, I was crying every single day, basically at anything. And the hard thing was, I know how hormonal you are afterwards obviously your hormones are going crazy. Like you've just had a baby and you go from growing a baby to having them. And then things just have to like go back to normal basically. Um, and then like breastfeeding and your hormones are crazy. So I was crying every day and I just instantly felt like, what have I done? (laughs) And Yeah, I remember people saying, you know, the baby blues come on like the third day or the fourth day or whenever they say. I think it's a bit different for everyone. Um, So I was like, okay, this is normal. This is just what I've heard about baby blues. But they kept going. Like I kept feeling like that. And I remember a week after having her... My dad and stepmom came over to visit um, to meet her, and I had told Josh like he could, he needed a haircut, and I was like, I've I've got this. I'm gonna have to at some point do it on my own anyway. As in, like he'll have to go back to work. So I was like, Go get your haircut. It's all good. I've got this. And he went, and yeah, my parents came over, and I just remember trying to hold it together, and. I think my step asked, like, how, how's it been? And I just burst into tears, um, and just could not, like, control it. I could not hold it together, and she was like, it's okay, um, I didn't feel, like, super connected emotionally, or, you know, I didn't feel that motherly bond for a few weeks, um, it's all good, it'll get better, so I was like, okay, awesome, it's going to get better. And then it got to a few weeks after and I still was crying every single day. And, um, I remember I would just cry in Josh's arms every day. Like I would just fall into his arms crying, um, and say to him over and over, when is this going to end? Why, when will I feel like myself again? Um, why do I feel like this all the time? Yeah, and it's hard to even think back to that now because that's just so, so sad. Um, So that happened and then it got to a month after having her and I still felt exactly the same. And I remember Googling, how long can baby blues last? What's normal for baby blues? And basically everything I looked up would come back to go see um, my GP and get some advice from them because you know the baby blues aren't meant to go for that long but I would like try and change how I typed it and like try and fit it to make it so that it would tell me that it was all good and it just wouldn't say that every time it said go see your GP and I didn't I mean I think it's six the six week checkup um I did have a couple issues with other things and I remember I booked Ruby in to get her checkup and I didn't realize that I had to book two separate appointments for Ruby and myself and so I did try and start talking about um, some issues I was having and she kind of just dismissed it and said you need to book an appointment for yourself like you've only booked one for your daughter Um, so yeah I she ended up like checking my stitches because she was like fine I'll have a quick look and she's like yeah they're fine if you want any other help book another appointment and I was like righto and I didn't I didn't book another appointment I was like my stitches are good so I'm physically good so that's good enough I can look after Ruby um and it just kept going so I um and I think like it's so easy to see that from an outside perspective and think, why didn't you just book in and talk to your GP? Um, and I had one, I did not have a good regular GP. I was just seeing someone at like a smart clinic. Um, I've never had a good and regular GP. And I think that is so important just to note now, even, um, how important that is. um, I'm still looking. If anyone is listening and has recommendations, um, preferably a female um, on the north side would be great. If you have recommendations, let me know. But yeah, so I didn't have a good GP. And two, I was terrified that Ruby would get taken away from me. I just had such, I guess it was almost irrational, such an irrational fear that... Because I wasn't doing well mentally and I couldn't hold it together, that they would take her off me because I they'd think I wasn't fit to take care of her and to be her mum. Um which is definitely not the case, (laughs) but that's just how my brain thought about it, and I guess that was a lot of anxiety coming in. Um so yeah, that's all of when I realized, um yeah, and I probably, I touched on how as well. Like, I realized because I was just so teary. I was so angry and snappy with everyone. Like, my family and Josh, sadly, copped it especially because, obviously, we're together a lot. Um, I was just so angry and that came from fear because when you're anxious and fearful, a lot of the time it comes out in anger. Um, so yeah, that was that. I remember anytime someone would ask how I was going, how things were, how's my life. My reply was always the same for months and months and months. And I just remember almost getting sick of myself saying, yeah, it's hard. It's been rough. Like, I don't think I ever said that. Yeah, it's good. I'm finally getting there. Maybe (laughs) I said that after like eight months, but especially those first six months, it was always the same reply. And I did start noticing that myself. Um, I also noticed that I was getting really controlling with how I wanted Josh to parent Ruby, like how I wanted him to do things. And I really didn't take into account um, or respect how he wanted to parent her. I was like, this is how we're doing it. This is how she's safe. Um, and this is just what we're doing. And I think that also came from fear. Um, obviously things are so different now. Like we have a such good, um, dynamic between us with parenting and we're both really open to how each other feels about certain things and how we want to go about it. And we respect each other's, you know, opinions and yeah, we're definitely, with that now, but in the thick of it, I was, it was like my way or the highway. I was like, this is how we're doing it. This is how she's going to be brought up. Um, and yeah, so that was all how I realized. Um, so I'll get into what I did or didn't do to fix it. And I think this is really important to focus on because I really didn't, reach out for help um and I, I actually don't know if people noticed I'm sure some people noticed around me maybe but I think I got really good at hiding it and acting like everything was fine and I'd just go out and you know try and hold it all together and then I would just come home and I remember I would just like fall apart every single time after I'd been out um yeah but I just avoided getting help um, constantly. I remember, I think she was 12 weeks, so three months, I went and I was booked in for um, a day stay, like half a day stay at a health hub um, where a children's health nurse was going to observe how I was breastfeeding and how Ruby was feeding and um, see what the issue was because we were having such major problems breastfeeding um so that did not help my mental health either because I felt like I couldn't do anything I was like I cannot feed her properly like I can't you know mentally do it so what the heck like how am I meant to be a mom if I can't do anything right and that's how I felt that's definitely not how it was um but I went there I think it was booked ages in advance, like the hard thing with these, um, day stays and getting help is because it's so busy and so short staffed, like the healthcare system, it takes so long. So I think that got booked in at like eight weeks, maybe two months. And then I didn't get in for like a whole month. But by the time I got there, I was in the thick of it still. And I remember she was trying to help me and I just fell apart literally for probably hours I just cried and cried and try and help um, and I also had mastitis then as well so <laughs> it felt like ev- nothing was going to plan and everything was falling apart and she was so good and so helpful that nurse she was lovely and I think she just got really concerned that I was just I could not stop crying and I think she saw Obviously, straight through me and saw that I was really struggling with everything. So she um, asked if she could do is it the Edinburgh oh, test? I don't know. It's the test that they do for mental health to check how you're doing and, you know, just asks a bunch of questions and you answer them and then afterwards they get your score and basically see how you were doing mentally based off of your answers and I agreed to do it and we did it and yeah she's like your score is really high you're definitely not doing well um and I would love to contact your GP and you know start some sort of a mental health plan care plan or whatever and Again, I didn't really have like a solid GP. So I was like, there's no point doing that way. So I said to her, I'll just, is there any chance that, because she wrote up like a whole um, referral document, I guess she put down um, how I did and just said, okay, I trust that you'll go take this to a GP. And I said, I need to just find someone that's really going to be good for me and for this Process, So she's like, I'll give this to you. Um, like I'll email it to you, you take it to your GP and make sure that you do that and get some help because I'm really concerned about how you're doing. Um, and I was looking for a GP and I guess I ended up just not finding one and I just gave up on looking. So I never ended up taking that to someone and it basically just sat in my inbox in my phone buried down, buried down in the inbox. Um, so from there, that was three months. So I then struggled super hard. I really don't remember a lot of the first six months of having Ruby. Um, because it was kind of just fight or flight most of it. Um, but I do remember some things like I, Remember, she started um, medication for reflux about four months, which kind of helped. Like, that was a journey in itself, trying to get on top of that. And it helped, but it didn't. And um, then we got to six months, and she went where I took her in for a six-month checkup. But by the time we finally got her in for the checkup, like, when they had um, availability... She wasn't actually six months. I think she was close to eight. So that's why I say like about eight months, I think, is when I started getting help and feeling a bit better. So I took her to that. And again, there was a lady who, by this point, I was really open. So I remember she asked how I had been going and I said, I have not been doing well this whole time. Um, And I really... I'm ready to get some help. So she sent through a referral to a lady that does counseling and focuses on postpartum and birth and, you know, mums in that category, I guess. Um, So she referred me to her and I just waited to hear back. And even just doing that, finally accepting to get help and telling some like a professional that I needed help was huge I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders and yeah it was just a relief so that was about eight months and then I think maybe end of 10 months start of 11 months so it was a few months later I got a call from this lady that did counselling and she said, your paperwork was missed somehow and obviously was very um, apologetical. Apologetic. Oh, my gosh. I am tired. (laughs) She was very apologetic. And she. Yeah, she just said, I'm so sorry, um, but we can get you in for. So I think they were offering six free sessions is what you can get. I'm not sure about now because things like that change all the time. But under Medicare and the system, um, they offered six free sessions with her. They're hour-long sessions, um, which was so good. But because my paperwork got missed and it was like a fair time between need like getting help and asking for it they offered six more on top of that. So I got 12 free sessions. I've still got some left. Um, I started those November last year, I think. And oh my gosh, they have helped so much. I really didn't think they would like, I I just thought, what is talking to someone going to do, you know, to help how I felt in that time. But talking to someone is just so important you just need someone especially a professional who knows like how to guide you through that they know the questions to ask they know they just know what they're doing so I'm really happy that I finally got to that literally nearly a year after having her so a very long time to struggle um But I got there and all I can say is it was so worth it to reach out for help. And I just look back now and I wish that I had gone and got help way earlier. Um, So that is, I guess, one of my first recommendations is as soon as you feel that something is off, if you feel super emotional, teary, snappy, stressed, anything that you just know is a bit off, even if it's early on and it possibly is just hormonal, I would really suggest to just go go see your GP um, and just, yeah, see what they can do and talk to them about it. Just talk to, yeah, someone about it because oh, the quicker you can get on top of it, it, it will just do so much better for you. So that's my first one. The second thing that really helped me was staying connected um and social which is so hard because I know that for myself in that time I just wanted to be a hermit and stay home and just avoid seeing people um I felt kind of ashamed of I don't know of like how I was as a mom I just felt like other people were doing so well and that is not true that's just how your brain you know I guess that's the depression or whatever but I just felt ashamed and didn't really want to be around other mums because I just thought like they're so good at what they do and I am not um but staying connected was really important um Communication was so important, just telling people and being honest um, because I could have easily said, yeah, I'm doing great, crushing it, so happy about where I'm at and love being a mum. But I was always honest, like I always said, you know, at the start of this, how I said, my reply was always, yeah, it's hard, it's tough um, because you... Yeah, the more you communicate, people will pick up on it and you can get a lot of help from that. And it also, yeah, just obviously, as we know, communication is key. Um, I did not communicate how I felt to anyone, not Josh, not my mum, not anyone in my family, really. I think my older sister, I kind of told her little bits of how I was feeling, but it was never... Like I never told anyone I did that test and that I was referred to go see someone and get help for it. So when I finally did open up about it, people were a bit taken back, I guess, and a bit shocked because they didn't realize how bad it really was. So communication and the last thing, but really such an important one, was just getting involved in a local play group. Um, Ruby and I go to see you at playtime it's in North Lakes and it's so good they have a Facebook page Um, so go check it out I will put it in the notes on this video so you can go see how it's spelt and everything but it's really good if you're in the area you should definitely come they do Monday and Wednesday currently um, but I think they're gonna add some more days Um, and that was really good so See you at playtime because you really will be surprised about at how many mums, um, or even like dads, just parents, are going through similar things and are also struggling with the adjustment. Um, and you just don't know until you talk to people. I know that there are a couple mums that I spoke to at play group that that yeah, they were like, Oh my gosh, I remember when I went through that. Um, and they would just encourage me like it gets better it's a season and you'll get through it so being a part of a play group is great and I just continued you know showing up so showing up for play group for church for um and the church I go to is actually where the play group is held so that's also super convenient um and showing up for social things even if you'd go out to coffee with friends and their babies and you'd have the baby that's screaming the whole time. Just go. You know, it's not, it's daunting for you, but I don't think people care about it as much as you think they do. I think people will really, instead of judging your baby, which they should never, because they're babies, but you might think that they're judging you, but really, I'm sh- they just actually probably feel for you and want to help you. So yeah, stay social, stay connected, get a play, um, play group and see a GP as soon as you feel something's off. Just talk to people, be open. Um, and I am always, always open to chat about this. Um, I am just a message away it's i'm really um, passionate about this subject because i know that it you know looking up like videos or i don't know just looking up um and seeing other mums that were struggling helped me know that i wasn't alone so i'm always here to message if you feel like you're going through that or even just to chat about it if you did go through something similar um And, yeah, I think it's so important, like, going and doing this counseling was so important because we would love to have another baby. So I thought it was really, again, sorry, important to go and get some help and talk through it all and process how I felt and process that hurt and, like, heal from it um, before, you know, going on to have another child. So, yeah, I hope that this... um, did good and i hope that some people you know got something out of it whether it's for them or for someone that they might know and yeah thank you so much for listening see you later